Welcome to another very special edition of Ignite Radio Live. Tonight you're going to hear six powerful stories of God with us, delivered at mass impact events. As St. John says in Revelations, we defeat the enemy by the blood of the Lamb, that is the Holy Mass, and the word of our testimony. Each of us have a testimony. Each of us need to give our testimony. We hope tonight you open your heart to the real, present power of God with us. Here and now, in the world today. And we pray that you open your heart to considering how you're called to be an instrument of God's presence in your own story. Let's listen now to the honest, heartfelt stories by Joe Orth, Suzanne Porterfield, Andrew Reinhardt, Anne-Marie Schleter, Rich Cronin, in a powerful letter from prison read by Patty Costellic. Most of us are quite fragile. We allow others to see only those things we think are attractive, good, or healthy. We spend so much energy to keep things we think are wounded, broken, and ugly locked up. As a result, We remain isolated. We lack intimacy. Yet things hidden have a way of spilling out and impacting those around us. Whether in our church, government, marriage, or family, St. Luke's words are inescapably true. He says, For nothing is hidden that will not be revealed, and nothing concealed that will not be made known and brought to light. This light can be painful, but an occasion of tremendous revival and transformation. In just a moment, you're going to hear a beautiful testimony of Joe Orth a 61-year-old man who was sexually abused by a priest as a young boy. He shares how hidden things not only held him captive, but adversely impacted his marriage, family, and the world around him for too many years. And you're going to hear the powerful testimony of what happened when God's grace broke through, when the door was opened. The outpouring of healing, mercy, and grace that is now rippling through his marriage and family in a way he's never experienced before. In hearing Joe's courageous testimony, we hope you'll be inspired by the possibility in your life to end the tyranny of hidden things, to be set free, to see the occasion for vulnerability, transparency, for greater intimacy with all whom you love. As Joe's testimony proclaims, it's never too late. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life, to truly live what we profess, go to MassImpact.com. US. Now let's listen to Joe's story. Good evening. Here I am, a 68-year-old man, still dealing with something that happened before me in my earlier teens. <clears throat> I was sexually molested by our parish priest. This priest was a family friend. My dad played the organ for all the masses on Saturday and Sunday. 
I was an altar boy, as were my brothers, and also a proclaimer of the word, a very young one for that time. I was always close to Christ. So I know what you're thinking, why didn't I tell someone? Your mom, your dad, your brothers? I don't know that answer. I was, I was very naive, not even sure what was going on. I started drinking and smoking at an early age, 15 or 16. Good old self-medication. Never stopped until my early 40s. At 17, I got a job in the commercial flooring business. At 22, I got married to Sue, my life love here. We have four children. I was still medicating, couldn't stop, self-medicating. For some reason, I had trouble answering the phone. I hated answering the phone. I was afraid of confrontation with anyone about anything. Afraid to stand up for my children and whatever was happening to them. What was wrong with me? I couldn't give myself to anyone, not even to my wife. I would always find some project to do to take me away from my family time, to be my myself, to be a hermit. I would tell Sue that she would probably never really ever get to know who I was, how she stayed with me all this time. I'll never know. We were very active in our Catholic church. I'm from Indiana. The kids all went to Catholic grade school. I was a proclaimer of the word. Both of us were and still are Eucharistic ministers. We went to a lot of parties, self-medicating more. I still couldn't figure thing out, figure everything out. Everything should have been going great, right? At age 40, there was an article in the newspaper about some things to compare yourself to someone who had been sexually abused. All these things were me. A light bulb went off in my head. I had totally blanked out everything that had happened to me when I was young. I told my younger brother, we worked together, and a friend who also I worked with, he was a friend from grade school, about what happened to me. My brother was very angry, and so was I. My friend, he bought me a, a book on how to deal with it and encouraged me to go talk to the bishop about what happened. I didn't do it at the time. <clears throat> by this time, by the grace of God, I was able to quit drinking and quit smoking, not at the same time, just one thing at a time. I always felt like Jesus was walking parallel or alongside, beside me my whole life. I could not have done this without him. Yada, 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 20 years goes by. Life goes on. I finally get the courage to go to the Chancery Office and talk with the Vicar General. He was in charge of any allegations of sexual misconduct of priests in the diocese. I was informed that this particular priest that had done this had died, and that if I needed therapy or anything to go ahead and do this, that they would pay for it. It didn't seem to me at the time that he was very sympathetic towards me. 
I, I think he was just disappointed in his brothers. So I went to my parish and talked with a pastoral associate who dealt with this sort of thing. I did what he suggested over a period of time. I thought I was healed. I had forgiven the priest and asked God's forgiveness on his, on his soul. <clears throat> I have asked my children to forgive me for not protecting them and not being there for them. In, in 2018, a couple of months ago, <clears throat> a bombshell hit the Catholic Church. In Pittsburgh, thousands of incidences of sexual abuse since 1947 was brought to light. Priests have been indicted. All this time, I thought I was okay. But that week, my, my Crohn's disease started, acted up. <clears throat> and all those memories start coming back. I didn't realize how much I messed up my children's lives and my wife's life by not really dealing with this. I felt like I was frozen mentally and emotionally. I couldn't go forward, I couldn't go backwards. I was just stuck in neutral. After family Emmaus this last summer, I was challenged to begin praying with my wife. Not just rote prayers, but deep, meaningful prayers. I was finally starting to, to let my wife into my heart. It has been a transformation in our marriage. It has helped my wife start to surrender the lead and let me become our spiritual leader. This prayer time has opened my eyes and my heart to not just my wife, but to my children also. I have realized that this has impacted them too. Since then, I have had the opportunity to speak with each one individually and ask for their forgiveness. Now I'm challenged to forgive myself. I don't want to be a hermit anymore. I want to be part of my family. And I feel like God is providing the steps for this to happen. This has deepened our relationship with each other and my children and I can't thank God enough for that. I'm now looking forward to an even deeper journey in my faith. I hope that anyone who is in a similar situation can learn from what I have confided to you and do what you need to do to get yourself better. May God bless and keep you. Thank you. Who tonight here feels more fully connected, fully drawn to Jesus Christ. I did, for sure. Uh, Mass Impact, if you don't know the organization, it's an amazing organization um, brought to Toledo area by the Schleter family, just an amazing family. Uh, if you don't have it, get it. It's called the Live It app. It is a great, uh, it's got everything in there. It's got the Bible, it's got the daily readings, anything and everything you want. But most importantly, it's got this great little thing called the Live It Gathering Guide, uh, which our family tries to use every single week. Uh, take half hour, 45 minutes, a once a week is all we're asking you to do. So over this next week, I'm going to challenge you. So between now and next Wednesday, if you, can, if you don't want to download the app, that's fine. You can go right to the website. It has it as well, massimpact.us. But right on there is the Gather, it, Gather Live It Guide. And you can do it as a family. You can do it as a group. Um, whether it's young, old, doesn't matter. We, we encourage you to do it. It's, just, it's fun. It's got fun questions that we ask the ch kids about. What's your favorite kind of ice cream? Strawberry. 
And uh, and then it gets uh, then for the adults it's a little more you know more a little more personal and things like that. But they're fun questions. Uh, you read the readings uh, for the upcoming weekend, so you've already heard the gospel once. Uh, you're going to hear it again Sunday. If you do it, the Live It Guide, you're going to hear it three times, which is just awesome. So I encourage you to do it. And I'm going to pull out my little cheat sheet here because I always forget the date of it. So coming up in in January, January 12th, Saturday, January 12th, right here at St. Joan of Arc, uh, it's a couples marriage mission retreat. Uh, last year, we had Father Nathan Cromley do it. This year, it's Father Nick Rao from Pennsylvania who rocks it. Um, so we're really looking forward to it. We, I mean, it was a great crowd last year. So go to massimpact.us for more information on that. And finally, I'm going to give the microphone over to Walt. For my family and I, we have one goal. One goal. That's to get my wife, myself, my children, and everybody we can drag with us to heaven. That's a difficult task. It's a very difficult task. And many of us have no idea what that even looks like. Part of the reason my father-in-law, who shared a witness very deep and profound and very humbling, was because he was strong enough through love, through faith, and with the help of Mass Impact, he was strong enough to be vulnerable. And many of us fail. We fail in relationship. We fail in friendship. We fail to get close to people because we refuse to be vulnerable. It takes a true man and a true woman to be vulnerable. Mass Impact needs your help to train others. We beg you to help us to show other families what it means to be vulnerable and the blessings of letting Jesus Christ lead everywhere in your life and in your home. Many families connected to Mass Impact. This right here, what just happened tonight, we live this in a way every single day. Every day. It is achievable. It is doable. And it is beautiful. And we would just ask that you would prayerfully consider um, praying for us and helping us if you are able. Uh, God bless you all and hope to see you next week. Thank you. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. With Christmas fast approaching, Suzanne Porterfield was overwhelmed. In addition to the long list of demands as a wife and mother of three, the family was heavy-hearted with the loss of her father-in-law just two weeks prior. Yet, it was precisely in this context that she was offered an unlikely but profound gift from her pastor, Father Jeff Macbeth, who invited her to do yet one more thing, to give the testimonial at the parish's Christmas Ignite. We heard such wonderful things that we asked Suzanne to share her story over the phone. We hope it is for you right now, in the midst of whatever busyness you're dealing with, an occasion to discover the profound blessing of letting go and letting God. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. Now let's listen to Suzanne's story. The evening Father Jeff asked me, if I would like to do the witness for tonight, I have to admit it had been a rough day. 
It was a typical busy December weekday, actually worse. My first thought was, oh boy, just one more thing to add to my list. And the second was, hmm, what would I say? At the time he asked me, it was less than two weeks since my father-in-law passed away. Our family and household were in absolute disarray, mentally and physically. Thanksgiving break had been an emotional blur for all of us and was spent in and out of the hospital seeing Scott's dad while trying to keep what little bit of normalcy we could for our children. But as most of you probably know, it's impossible to do so. I'm learning, though, that it's okay if things aren't normal all the time. Life is what is happening right now, according to God's plan, not ours. And that is a hard lesson I've learned over the last two years. So with everything going on, I was way behind on everything. Christmas decorating, Christmas lights, shopping, housework. We were just treading water and coping with grief. So as I stand here before fellow mothers, fathers, grandparents, and friends, I'm sure that you can all relate to the list of things that we put pressure on ourselves to do throughout the Christmas season. Christmas cards, gift lists, cleaning for company, Christmas pictures, visits with Santa, grocery lists, Christmas cookie baking, secret Santas, Christmas programs, family traditions, gift exchanges, wrapping gifts, hosting, cooking, parties, tree decorating, outdoor Christmas lights, and keeping up with that pesky little elf that happens to show up in different places all around our house. The list goes on. All of this in addition to our usual jobs and taking care of our children. It sounds exhausting, right? Well, it is. The pressure and the expectations we put on ourselves this time of year is extreme. So I took some time to pray. And the more that I thought about all my chores and ongoing lists of things to get done, I was distracted. My thoughts kept coming back to tonight. And the more God's voice was whispering in my ear, do this. Make me the priority. Wow. How could I ignore that? This was all the more reason to add tonight to the list and saying yes to his and Father Jeff's call. So here I am a week before Christmas, and like many of you, I'm tired and I'm wore out. And let me tell you, there are lists, there are things on that list that I did not and I will not complete. There's just not enough time or energy. And you know what? It's okay. This was all God's way of putting things in perspective for me. I needed to pause. I needed to take time and reflect about how God is working in my life. I needed to give up control, and God knew that. So thank you, Father Jeff. And you know what? After I reflected, everything else of importance fell into place. So if you can relate to me in the midst of the super crazy busy time of year, please keep this in mind. Actually, I'd like for all of you to just close your eyes for a second and think about this. Imagine that tonight there is someone very special waiting for you. This person loves you more than you can comprehend. Imagine that person gently taking your hand and removing all the hectic schedules, the stress, and to-do lists from your mind. Then they give you a big, warm, soft blanket of love, and they wrap you up in it. 
Imagine hearing that nothing else matters and you will not be required of anything more. You are good enough. No judgment. It's peaceful, quiet, and calm. No schedule, no rushing, no deadlines. Nothing is expected of you. Believe it or not, this will happen to you tonight. Okay, so you can open your eyes. This is how I feel when I come to ignite. I experience and feel God's calming presence just when I need it the most. And the busier our schedules, the more I realize that I need to be here. Just sitting in God's perfect, peaceful holiness. There's nothing like it. And there's nothing better. So I ask something of you tonight. We all need to pause and think about our lists and all our extras and whatever else we carried in with us tonight. Maybe it's sadness, worry, anxiousness, grudges, regrets, fear, insecurities, loneliness, financial burdens, doubt, health issues, sorrow, disappointments, stress, and tiredness. When you take a candle and as you process into church, imagine that candle representing all that messy stuff. And when you set it on the burning bush, know that you are handing it over to him. Give it to him. He'll take it all. Just let it go. I found that by freeing ourselves of this extra stuff that weighs us down, the more room we have to accept God's grace and the gifts that he's trying to give us. Have we made room for him? Because in the end, all he wants is us. He doesn't care if we finished up that last batch of cookies, if our home isn't in perfect order, or if we forget to purchase that last extra item on our list. We all need to give up control of our lives and put him first. What better time than now for his birthday? And by you being here tonight, you've given yourself the most wonderful gift. You know, I found that things have always worked out best in my life when I've given up control and I've let God take the lead. Tonight is one of those times. Thank you all, and I hope that you all have a very blessed Christmas. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. Andrew Reinhardt is a gifted leader in the Catholic Church. Recently, he shed 155 pounds. In the following story, Andrew invites us to consider the possibility that our battles with weight or the internet or work, things we're ashamed of, are merely symptoms of a battle within, with something deeper, something unhealed. In this context, Andrew invites us to consider who God really is and how he really wants to work. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life, to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. Now let's listen to Andrew's story. I have to admit to everyone, I'm very uncomfortable. I'm great at talking about things. I don't like talking about myself. <laughs> but I'm supposed to give a witness. And the reason I'm supposed to give a witness is because um, over the last three years, I've lost 155 pounds, so there's less of me than there used to be, physically at least, um, hopefully not spiritually. 
And I wanted to share a few things about that. Because Advent's all about the coming of Christ, Jesus Christ coming into our lives in a new way, both his first coming in Bethlehem, but also his second coming at the end of time, and also his second coming to each of us, hopefully every day, into our hearts and into our lives. Um, but I, what I wanted to talk about is, what do you do when it doesn't feel like he came? Right? It's been my experience that when I had my conversion, some things God took away right away, they just dissipated, they got better. And then there were a lot of things that God just left. Bad habits, sins, pains, and wounds. Some of those God's taken away over the years, he's healed. Others of them, he, he's continued to leave. Um, and I've had to wrestle with these things, and, and hopefully you all are in the same boat. God's taken some things away, some things were easy, some things are gone now, and they weren't gone right away, and other things are still there. They're still there. And how do we deal with this? And what I've come to realize is that, that God leaves things in our life so that we seek after him with a more full heart. Because if we don't experience his forgiveness time and time and time again, we're not going to really understand his unconditional love and his mercy. We're not going to believe it. Um, so a few things for me. Why did I gain 150 pounds in four years? I don't have all the answers, but I can tell you one thing. There were things inside of me that that food was doing something for, right? I want to introduce you to the idea that sometimes the things that we think are the problem are actually the symptoms, right? You have things in your mind, maybe your temper, maybe you have issues with lust, maybe it's uh, your relationship with your job, maybe it's your relationship with food. And sometimes those things that we want to get rid of the most, those things that we feel the guiltiest about, the most shameful about, are actually the symptoms of the real problem. This is why just trying harder this time doesn't work. And just making myself feel worse about it and going to confession, or maybe I'm just going to pray it away, and it's all going to get better. Right? I've, I've had to, uh, over the last four years, enter a journey where it's not just been about trying to pray it away and trying harder, just muscling through it. Um, because the reality is, when I gained that 150 pounds, I was over 10 years into my conversion. I had been baptized in the Holy Spirit over 10 years before that. Right? And things were still broken in my heart, and things are still broken in my heart. Because there's at least three things on my list that I wish God would have fixed before he took the weight away but I don't get to choose the way that God works. So here's some things that have been important for me. Number one, dig deeper, keep seeking. Uh, don't limit yourself to just one method. Maybe the next step for you is some kind of a support group. Maybe it's going to counseling. Maybe it's getting really honest with somebody. Does somebody really know your heart? And I don't just mean the surface stuff, right? The stuff you feel guilty about but the deeper realities. Are you willing to be curious with yourself? Right, I said, sometimes the answer isn't just try harder, just beat yourself up more. Uh, ask yourself the question, why am I doing this? A lot of times with these things that we're, we're suffering with, um, 
We, we don't stop doing them because we can't live without them. We don't stop doing them because we can't live without them. So you have to ask your que- yourself the question, why can't I live without this? God, show me why, why do I need this in my life? Why can't I stop drinking? Why can't I stop watching these videos on the internet? Why can't I stop eating? Why can't I stop blowing up every time my kids do this or that? Why can't I leave work on time? Why can't I drive the speed limit? <laughs> Whatever it is that your willpower isn't big enough to conquer. Um, I had a, a word earlier today in prayer, um, and it was a huge confirmation for me. I've had um, two people recently uh, whom have died um, that have meant a lot to me. And um, what, what I've been finding is that God brings things into my life currently so that I can face again things from my past that I haven't dealt with. Um, you know, so I've been, been praying a lot with this and trying to be present to how I'm feeling and, and realizing um, how there's deep wounds in my heart from my cousin Nick. It's my only cousin on my uh, father's side of the family died when I was 17. <laughs> you can hear it. <laughs> it's still there. Um, so I was praying with this earlier, and I was, um, you know, some of you know that Father Tony Borgia passed away. Um, that's why I'm wearing my... Uh, St. Peter's polo tonight because I did an internship with him in Mansfield. Um, and as I was praying, what I, I asked, we believe in the communion of the saints. So I said, Father Tony, what should I say tonight? And he just smiled and laughed at me in my head, <laughs> um, you know, like he did. And, um, and then I, I realized the deeper question was, am I willing to ask my cousin Nick what I should say tonight? Am I willing to approach that deeper wound um, and uh, what I heard was just, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> um, and that, that pierced me in a new way. Um, are you willing to ask yourself the really hard questions and approach the places that still really hurt? Um, what I would propose to you tonight, and at some point in the worship and the adoration, I want you to, to look at our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament and ask him, how do you see me? How do you see me? And consider how God's looking at you right now. And I want you to be curious about it. Don't judge it. Don't condemn it. Don't think about what you think you should be thinking about. (laughs) Because sometimes we do that, right? We're not just ourselves to God. We're who we think we should be to God. Uh, and And I want you to be curious about that. And then I want you to ask God why. Why do I think that? Why do I just feel guilty when I think about the way you're looking at me? Why do I feel sad? Uh, Why do I have this joy? Why does this make me so uncomfortable? Um, And let him speak to you. Let the Lord speak to your heart and and be willing to enter into this journey where, um, you know, just willpower might not be the answer. Uh, Don't be be satisfied with not being the person who you want to be. Don't be satisfied living out of a place of of wounds because in in a world where we're all wounded, we're all victims and we're also all hurting others. We're both the victim and the perpetrator in this fallen world. Um, So don't settle for a place where you're continuing to wound others and wound yourself more. Seek after the Lord with your whole heart. Um, You know, 
I lost 155 pounds, but like I said, there's a lot more things on my list. I'm not standing up here because uh, I got it all figured out. Um, so I hope that the, the Lord speaks to you tonight, and I hope that you have the courage uh, to seek him this Advent, that you can truly come into your life in a new and more meaningful way. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life, to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. Anne Marie Schleter is a student and Catholic revival leader at Ave Maria University in Florida. In the following testimonial, she challenges us to consider that peace doesn't come by way of greater clarity or definition or completion. It doesn't come by way of our seeking or striving. Peace comes by way of simply receiving God alive in our hearts. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. Now let's listen to Anne Marie's story. How many of you have ever done Mad Libs? By show of hands. Okay, yes. So when um, I was little, my siblings, my, especially my two brothers, two of my brothers, that was like the thing to do. Whenever we were with our cousins, especially, we loved doing Mad Libs. Um, and we thought we, would, we thought we were absolutely hilarious and literary geniuses when we would put together these stories and, and we'd do it and then we'd be like, mom, this is so funny. And we'd be laughing so hard and it really wasn't that funny. Um, but we just rolled with it. So at the beginning of Advent, um, I was praying like randomly and just like asking the Lord to put a theme on my heart for this Advent. And I kept coming back to Mad Libs and I thought I was getting distracted. Um, and I was like, why do I keep thinking about Mad Libs? Jesus, I'm trying to talk to you. <laughs> like, can we not do this right now? Um, which is an, it, it's a good point, I think, to remember is sometimes we think we're being distracted in prayer, but it's actually the Father speaking to us. And God told me that I kept trying to make my relationship with him into a Mad Lib game. It was like, Lord, here are these situations, and I'm going to give you like these parts of it, but don't rewrite the entire thing and make sure you fill those spaces with this, this, or this. Right now I'm thinking about, you know, Jonah. Jonah in the Old Testament, he had an idea of how God should be working. He, he thought he knew what should be happening in the city of Nineveh. He wanted them smited because that's what they deserved. And he refused to open his mind to the unexpected, to the bigger picture. And tonight, I just want to declare over everybody here that peace doesn't come when, when we get the diagnosis. Peace doesn't come when, when we get clarity in our relationships. Peace, peace doesn't come when, there's, when we see how things are going to work out and all come together and all the, the spaces are filled in our sentences. We can enter into worship because the only space that matters has been filled. The space in a manger. The space on the cross. And I'm going into worship tonight and there's a lot that I don't know. I just spent a plane ride, probably totally psychoanalyzing situations that I shouldn't have been psychoanalyzing. And you know, there's, there's and I'm declaring this over myself too. There's a lot that I don't know in my life right now. And there's a lot that all of us don't know in our lives right now. But Jesus is here right now. And the really cool thing about Jesus, about God, is that he's not afraid of the mess. He's not afraid to take it on. 
And when we surrender to peace, we can make an agreement to rest, to strive to enter into rest. The only thing in the Bible that we're ever told to strive for is rest, which is really cool. But we can rest because he doesn't, right? He's not stagnant. He's moving. And as I was praying about tonight, the Lord just brought me, actually just on the plane, the Lord was bringing me to the part in scripture where Jesus falls asleep in the bottom of the boat. He falls asleep in the storm because he's in control. So tonight, let's just receive peace. Let's go into prayer not seeking answers or seeking solutions or seeking clarity or next steps, but let's just receive peace. Let's allow the Father to tell us who he is and who we are. Because everything else comes from that. And scripture, it also says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added unto you. It also says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. We don't need to preoccupy ourselves with searching and striving. We just get to be and we just get to rest. So I just want to pray with you really quick um, before we move into the next part of the evening. Um, And I just invite you to open your hands in front of you It's just a sign of receptivity because our physical posture often represents the posture of our hearts. Hello, Holy Spirit, you are here. You are here. Father, I just declare peace over this place tonight because you are here. You came, Lord, you came. You came. Show us what that means tonight. God, we we surrender the boxes that we put you in, the expectations that we've placed upon you. And we just open our hands tonight in hopeful anticipation, trading expectation for anticipation, knowing that you love us and that you're moving and that you're here. You've promised to bring all things to completion. And we just surrender entirely to you tonight, Lord. Come and do what only you can do. Whatever situations are filling us with anxiety or worry or shame, I just speak against those things in the name of Jesus. And I claim peace. I claim peace. Mama, just hold us tonight. As Our Lady of Guadalupe, you said, am I not your mother? So there's nothing for us to be worried or troubled about. And we come to your feet, Lord Jesus. Not not the feet, the scarred feet of the cross, but like the baby feet in the manger. And we just worship you in simplicity tonight. Jesus, we love you. Keep moving. We give you permission to keep moving. Amen. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life to truly live what we profess, go to Mass Impact. Rich Cronin is a young husband and father of three. In December of 2017, at a time when most of us were preparing for Christmas, Rich was waging a battle for his life. The CT scan revealed his worst fears. His cancer had metastasized. Seven tumors were waging war on his body. He was given no more than a 15% chance of survival. 
In the following story, he shares how his greatest battle was in places unseen, his inner spiritual life, dread, despair, and hopelessness. His story pronounces the truth for each of us, that in this life we will face battles, but what matters most is where or to whom we turn. Whatever battle you're facing right now, we pray this will be a powerful encouragement of where you need to turn. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. Now let's listen to Rich's story. A couple of years ago, I had a melanoma removed from my arm, and we thought we had had it all removed, and I thought that I was cured. So fast forward to last fall, Father Adam had a, uh, a silent retreat uh, for the parish, for the men of the parish, and um, I went to that silent retreat, and um, that was very powerful for me to get out of the busyness of the world and to go into silence where you can hear God talking to you. And really, I think that's where maybe God saved my life. In the midst of that, uh, Father Adam uh, did a series of talks on the Desert Fathers that weekend and, and, and really talked about the end. I mean, death, you know, what's it like, you know, and we really dwelled on death. And so I, I brought my book with me uh, that I, I was reading that weekend, which is the Manual of Spiritual Warfare. And I was uh, reading that and at the same time listening to Father Adam. Well, the whole weekend, my arm just kept itching. And that doesn't happen with melanoma. Melanoma, one of the side effects isn't that it itches. There's other things that uh, make it recognizable, but itching in one of them. But all weekend long, my arm just kept itching. And so I kind of peeled off my sleeve and looked at it, and I had noticed the nodule had gotten really big and purplish. And immediately I had a, a, just this feeling of dread because I knew exactly what it meant. I did enough research on melanoma to know what it is. And, and basically what happens with melanoma, once it penetrates the skin, it goes metastatic and, and basically fills your body with tumors. And I didn't know I was there yet, but I knew that uh, we hadn't gotten it from a year ago and that it had come back and it had festered in my body. Only about 10 to 15% of the people who get metastatic melanoma are survivors of it. So the following week we go to the doctors, the doctor confirmed that melanoma had come back and then I had to do a series of CAT scans to, uh, to see if it had spread or not. In the midst of that, I, I was really under spiritual attack. The attack kind of takes place in, in two ways. Um, one of which was my mind wanted to go immediately to the end, and uh, the end is my death and funeral. I couldn't sleep, I couldn't eat, and, and there was a lot of just dread and despair and, and, and that sort of thing. And then my mind also wanted to go back in time to the, what if I had done this? What if I had stayed out of the sun? What, what if I had gone to the doctor? You know, and I was just filled with uh, just worry and, and regret, you know, hopelessness. You know, all these feelings just filled my soul. That was the battle I was facing. Got the results back from the CAT scans. It confirmed what we really didn't want to know, but that the, the cancer had spread. And so it had spread beyond my arm to uh, my liver and my spine. That's what my doctor told me. I didn't hear anything he told me after he told me that. Uh, but as I learned later, probably six or seven months later, I had seven tumors. I didn't want to know that, but I, I, I learned I had seven tumors in my body. Um, and pretty much 
in my organs and kind of all over. So um, I had to deal with this, and physically, you know, we were going to deal with it at University of Michigan, but emotionally and spiritually, I was fighting this spiritual battle. Well, when you're fighting a spiritual battle, the first place you go to is Father Adam, which I did. And so um, Father Adam said, let's give our intercession to, to Blessed Solanus Casey, and, and he's going to help us. And, and that we did, and a number of parishioners and friends took that up and started novena to, to Solanus Casey. Thanks be to God, I'm so thankful for that. Connie came home one evening, and she brought me uh, this prayer, and it's a, um, it's a surrender to Jesus novena. And Deacon Ed had given it to her. So I knew I needed to do this without even uh, understanding why or anything else. So the two of us started to surrender to Jesus novena. And this is a uh, novena that was um, actually, the words of the novena are given by Jesus himself to a, a, an Italian priest. The words that uh, really Jesus spoke to me each day were the exact words I needed to hear. And you end it with a prayer, oh Jesus, I surrender myself to you, take care of everything. Well, over the course of nine days, I, I pretty much had to surrender everything to Jesus. And I knew that's what I needed to do. And I started with my health. You know, I, I couldn't control what was going to happen anymore. You know, I could control what I eat and if I can exercise or any of that, but I can't control if I die from cancer. And so I had to, you know, surrender that to Jesus. And I had to surrender my family. I was very upset about, you know, God, if I die, what, what are you going to do with my family? And, and I, I came to realize God is our father. He has to take care of my family. And Jesus, you take care of my family. I bought a business a couple of years ago. I owe a lot of money. I'm thinking, God, who's going to pay for this? Um, how am I going to get through this? That day I said, Jesus, you're the CEO of our company. I, you know, I leave it all to you. Take care of my business if I can't go into work. And over the last year, there were a lot of days I couldn't work, and he took care of that. And, and ultimately, I had to, to surrender the things that are sometimes the most difficult to surrender, which is the worry, the fear, the doubts, the hopelessness, all those things that we tend to cling to the most. And that's what I tended to cling to the most. And I gave that up. I said, Jesus, you get the good and the bad, you know, all, all these good things and, you know, all these bad things, too. You get it all. And he took it all. And I, I will tell you, on the 10th day, I woke up after that novena, and I was a completely different person. I mean, a completely different person. I no longer worried about anything. I no longer had hopelessness. You know, over the course of last year, I've, I've gone through a lot physically. There are couple of weeks I spent in the hospital. Uh, there was, you know, days and, and, and weeks where I, I couldn't go to work because I, you know, I just was so sick. But emotionally, mentally, spiritually, every day I got up, I felt positive. I felt good. I, I just felt joyful, to tell you the truth. And I couldn't explain it other than the fact that people were praying for me and the fact that every day I'd surrender myself to Jesus. And those two things really kept me going over the last year. So a couple of months ago, uh, the doctor wanted to do a, uh, a rescheduling of the CAT scan and see what the status of everything was. And Dr. Lau came in and he, he, he said, did you look at the, at the CAT scan? I said, no, doctor. I don't know how to look at that. You know, I wouldn't know what I'm looking at, so I didn't look at it. He says, really? He says, yeah, I, I did, did not look at it. He says, well, good news, your cancer is gone. And so... 
when I'm in a spiritual battle, the first thing I'm going to do is surrender. Surrender to Jesus because he does take care of everything. And he took care of me. And I am so thankful for him. And I'm so thankful for uh, Blessed Solanus for interceding on, on my behalf. And so thankful for the people of this parish for praying for me. I can't really ever pay you back other than to pray for you as well. And so thank you very much. If you want to find out more how you and your family can more deeply encounter Jesus Christ as a way of life, to truly live what we profess, go to massimpact.us. To you I lift up my soul. The following is another true story shared at a recent Ignite event, pronouncing that the love of God is truly alive and present today. Ignites are uplifting evenings of witness, word, and worship in the real presence of our Lord Jesus Christ. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission, alive in Jesus Christ. service tonight. I was very honored uh, when Father Jeremy asked me to share just a couple brief words with you. Um, It's been several years I've been part of the prison ministry on behalf and a representative of St. Peter's at uh, the prison. And it's anybody told me five years ago that I would be going out there helping facilitate retreats, helping them with their Ignite experiences, helping Lynn and doing a variety of RCIAs, being a part of their services, I would have said, no way. There is no way I would do that. But I felt a calling when we were asked to participate in this program, and it's now become a part of my life. It's one of the callings that I feel as a commitment to God appreciate the support of my husband and my family to continue in the ministry and all of the the folks that uh, go out there very religiously. We all have a spiritual journey. And this is something that I have found has really filled my heart to help to be a part of these men's lives. Many of us are inspired by very different things. We have 80-some ministries here at St. Peter's Parish. So we all have a calling. So we would like to stress and hope that this event helps open a spark for each and every one of you to find your calling and embrace yourself in God's love for us. I have been truly humbled in working with these men in prison. There is no way that I can compare my faith to the faith I see in them every week or in their mass when Father goes out. You see the conversion of their lives. As Olivia shared her story with us and just opening her heart to God, we hear many stories of absolute torment, anguish, and death being barricaded by many addictions, and a resistance to open their hearts to God. So whether it's through that conversion, whether it's being mentors to new inmates that come in, whether it's supporting them in their faith journey, we had several join the church this past Easter. But being there and to support them, nurture them, help them, 
So we thank the Holy Spirit. It's a pleasure watching them grow in their faith as we are watching each other grow in our faith here as we continue our evening. I'll share with you a testimony that Father asked at our Ignite Light experience. We've had the pleasure of being able to do several of them out there for them. Oh, what an experience. Have you ever attended that event that exceeded your expectations? Well, our retreat, I attended our Ignite Light Eucharistic Adoration service. It exceeded my expectations. No, I want to rephrase that statement. The Ignite Like Adoration Service was a mind-blowing and a life-altering experience. Although I had been given some insight from some other people who had attended it, I didn't really know what to expect. Nothing I learned could have prepared me for what I experienced. What an experience it turned out to be. Whenever I reflect on my experience, I think about our leaders for the evening, the outstanding job they did planning, organizing, creating the atmosphere that allowed the Holy Spirit to work within us, through us, and around us to be present and to make that an ever-powerful evening of worship. I knew from my previous discussion with our brothers and sisters in Christ who had attended an Ignite event that our candles would be lit and, of course, we had to use battery-operated candles for security reasons, but we achieved the intended e effect. As I watched the procession with the monstrance, which holds the Holy Eucharist moving down the aisle, my spirit was lifted tremendously. Once the Blessed Sacrament was placed for all to see, my spirit was lifted even more. Actually, I felt an inner calmness that let me know the Holy Spirit was present. And in addition, we spent time in silence, reflecting, and worshiping. During the period of silence and as the Spirit prompted us, we were allowed to approach the Blessed Sacrament, the Holy Eucharist, the body, the blood, the soul, and the divinity of Jesus Christ. As we entered into this silence, my sister stood by my side at the back of the room, marveling in the splendor of this whole experience. She took my hand and whispered, shall we go? I knew just what she meant, and the two of us fell in lock and step as we walked forward and approached the Blessed Sacrament. We were like two children dancing merrily toward our Lord Jesus Christ. We knelt on our kneelers and worshipped our Lord. As we returned our positions at the back of the room, one by one, others arose and followed suit to worship our Lord. I was so caught up in the spirit of the moment that I returned to the monstrance to touch it again. I must say it was the coolest moment of my evening. The songs interspersed throughout the service were projected on the wall for all of us to see. The singing only enhanced our spiritual experience and made that event all the more special. Since I became Catholic nearly six years ago, I have attended every retreat, every reunion, and every Ignite Light service that we have had. I can attest to the fact that each one was better than the previous one. 
Our adoration service continues this tradition, and it was truly an extraordinary experience. Our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of the Holy Eucharist is the great gift to all of us. Ignite magnified and glorified our Lord's presence in the form of the Holy Eucharist. If you have never attended an Ignite, do it. It is an awesome and a powerful experience, one you will never forget. And oh, what an experience it is. George will never leave the confines of the prison. He is a convicted murderer and he will die. But he finds love, mercy, and forgiveness in our Lord Jesus Christ. So as we leave here, please let the power of the Holy Spirit find its way into your heart and to continue your love for our Lord. The Holy Spirit is moving. This is a historic moment. We're about more than a moment, but a movement. We're engaging pastors and parishioners in the great adventure of becoming dynamic communities of intentional disciples. For more information, go to massimpact.us. One world, one mission. Alive in Jesus Christ. For you, our God, my Savior, and my hope is in